Today's podcast is sponsored by NaturalBossNH.com and New Hampshire Vape Gallery. More on that later. Let's get into episode 44 of Talking with Topher. What is happening, TWT fans? I am so happy to be back, and I am just looking forward to, well, this podcast. I always look forward to this podcast, and I'm going to start it out the way I always do, by thanking all of you out there for subscribing, watching, liking, commenting, and, of course, spreading the word and making this thing grow and get bigger. Um, I need all the help I can get. So thank you very much for all your support um, that I get from you. Um, I really do appreciate it week after week. Um, If you're new to the show, remember to subscribe. Hit those like buttons if you enjoy the video. Leave your comments and tell your friends. Pass this thing around. That's how it gets bigger. Um, I need your help to do that. So Go ahead and spread that word. Hit those subscribe buttons, and let's keep this thing going. Um, You can also follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Facebook. So go to any one of those social media platforms, uh, hit the follow, and you'll see content popping up day after day. Uh, If you or someone you know has a story that needs to be heard, maybe you started something new, Maybe there's just a goal that you're trying to reach. Maybe you just want to talk. That's what this is all about, right? Talking. So send your email over to talkingwithtopher at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. And we can talk about it. Make sure you put whatever you wanted to talk about in the subject line, making it easier for me to find in the email so it doesn't get lost with all the junk and the ads. Um, looking forward to that one day I'm sure it will pick up um, but until then that's where you send it that's the official email that's t-a-l-k-i-n with tofer at gmail.com and I always look forward to starting up new conversations um, and that's it ladies and gentlemen I got through the housework fast today I'm trying not to drag things out as much as I once was I'm trying to be better at this, trying to keep a consistent pace in my speech. No more gapping, gasping, hesitating. I'm just trying to do this better. Um, Still doesn't help with certain things in life like, well, Thursday, for example, right? So my podcast is uploaded on Thursday. I'm recording it. Today is Monday. Uh, February 1st, holy crap, yep, it's February 1st, it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we're all getting prepared for snow, and that's going to go all the way until Tuesday morning, so it's going to be real, real fun, and you know, it's uh, it's going to be shoveling tonight, shoveling tomorrow, and then shoveling tomorrow night, I know it, that's usually the way these work out for me, still got to go to work and do stuff. We'll see how bad it gets. Um, depending on roads and stuff like that, we'll be determined whether or not I go and open up the vape shop tomorrow. We'll, we will see what happens. 
Um, by Thursday, we will already have known what's happening. So it's really weird to talk about what's going on today, even though this is coming out in the middle of the week. So all of this is already passed, but it's affecting me today. So it's kind of funny. It's a little weird to work with. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I edited my podcast last Wednesday Uploaded it Thursday morning. Thursday morning, I go to PMA Plastow, New Hampshire, and I work with uh, Rick and uh, everybody in his school. And I got there, and it was great, as it always is. Um, we're having a lot of fun. We're talking. We're getting into the lessons. And he picks me as the Uki doll. The professor usually picks one person at the beginning of class, and they work with them to show the moves that we're going to be working on. And so he picked me to be the Uki doll. <clears throat> and that's fine. I'm used to that. It's not a big deal. Actually, I do prefer it because then you can, when the professor is telling you, this is the move we're doing, and then this is how you're supposed to be doing it. When they're doing it and demonstrating it, obviously they've done it for a long time, so they know how to do it. That's a given. But you can actually feel what they're saying. So like when they're saying you've got to grab up high on the collar, you can you feel that. His hand is in your collar. He's gripping it. He's throwing his hip into your hip and, and, and showing you the uh, motion of the toss or the... Um, the pressure that you're supposed to be giving, like if they, if if a move um, takes takes you to a spot where you have to like physically sit on someone's chest, they're they're sitting on you and they're showing the class. This is what we do, but you're feeling it. So I prefer to be the uki doll because then it makes it a little bit easier for me to understand how much pressure or I should have, right? And it just, it really helps out. So I'm the Uki doll. We're doing escaping from side control um, and uh, stuff like that. So he's having me take his side um, and then he's bridging and then he went to go go for the uh, sunrise, we call it. And he was showing the class that you want to feed your elbow through before your hand. And then... He goes, because this will happen. And he looks at me and he goes, okay, do it. And I was like, oh my God, what, what am I doing? Literally, that deer in headlights came back. I had no idea where I was supposed to push his arm, how I was supposed to key lock it, because I'm... <sighs> Because I feel like I'm dyslexic and I have dyslexi, dyslexic, dyslexic um, moments. And I was confused on what I was supposed to be doing. So I couldn't do the move that he was asking me to do. Right? So I'm in his side. I'm supposed to push his arm down. I'm supposed to key lock it. And then I Kimura him. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. It was so embarrassing. Um, I was actually so embarrassed that I went home, did everything I had to do, went to work, and then couldn't stop thinking about 
how I had like just basically I felt felt like just just kind of screwed up, right? I screwed up. I didn't know the move, but I knew the move, and that's the problem. I knew what he was talking about, but I couldn't execute it. And so I had to think about this all day Thursday. Um, I ended up uh, getting home Thursday night, uh, playing with the Uki doll I made, but again, was still unsure of what I was doing. I was watching some videos, couldn't find anything specifically on that move. Um, and one of the guys in the class showed me the move. Like, you know, he had me get where Rick was and then he did it to me. But I couldn't physically see what he was doing. I just could feel what he was doing, if that makes any sense to you guys. And I was like, all right, all right. I'm understanding what the motion is, but I'm still not understanding it completely. So Friday night, Tyler came over, and I tell him all about this and how embarrassed I was and everything like that. And so he's like, all right, well, let's let's give it a shot. And I was like, all right, thank you. I need help with this. And now I got the move, right? And I didn't get a chance to tell Rick this yet, but that was a real learning moment for me. Um, I had to accept the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. I got completely embarrassed, and then for 48 hours, I couldn't stop thinking about what I didn't do, um, which caused me to think about what I didn't do and figure out what I, what I could do to make sure I don't forget it again. So it helped me work a little bit harder on getting that move down. Now I completely understand what I was supposed to do. I completely understand the key lock um, in that position for this particular move. But it took that moment for me to realize that I didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it was so embarrassing and I felt so stupid. And you get, you get down on yourself in a sense, like, I was reading something today. It was I was going through Instagram, and it was one of the BJJ things that I follow. And it said, uh, I think it was our school, actually, um, PMA uh, Start. So PMA in Derry, New Hampshire. And they put an Instagram post up. Yes, that's what it was. And it said, the moment that you feel like you're going to quit is the moment you need keep going so like and i and i've gotten like that a whole bunch of times in in this uh i guess you could say it's not really a career because i'm not but i do it every week religiously every year um for the last six years so i've put in a lot of hard work and i will have to tell you not all of those moments are uh good then they've come with a lot of fucking Ah, crap. Oh, I'm past that 10-minute mark. Fuck it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so you just run into these things where you get to a point where you don't feel like you're progressing. And then you have to either – you have to push yourself through that. Um, and I felt that way. I got that way really, 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 really hard. Um, I, I felt uh, disappointed in myself. 
Um, obviously, there was a lot of embarrassment because it happened in front of the entire class. Um, I just got my purple belt, so that makes me feel down on myself. It's like uh, obviously I didn't deserve this thing because I couldn't even I couldn't even do this. And it's like a simple basic move, but I never use it in my game, so it's not something I've retained. So um, what I did was is I figured it out with Tyler, and now I understand and I know it. So if he was to ask me again, I could just pull it off. It wouldn't be an issue. Now, pulling it off live, a lot bigger of an issue. I only understand the movement. I don't know it from memory, so it wouldn't be something that would happen in in live motion right now. I'm going to have to work on it. But this has also made me realize that I'm not working on things that I'm not good at. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. I'm either putting, I'm putting triangles on or uh, now I'm starting to go for arm bars, which is nice. Um, that wasn't always a consistent move I was making. Now it seems to be a little bit more consistent if the opportunity arises. But I'm trying to go after things that I'm uncomfortable with or that lead me down that dark tunnel where I lose my, my sight is the easiest way for me to explain it, you know, instead of this deer in headlights, you kind of like go down a dark tunnel and then you can't see your hands in front of your face and you're like, oh, shoot, which way am I going? Um, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the position where I have to kind of ask questions because doing things the exact same way over and over again is going to get me better at those specific things. But I think in the long run, it's going to hurt me. Because I haven't expanded or explored. So I don't want to do that to myself. And I definitely don't want to be the ookie doll in front of class while professors trying to show everybody everything. And be that person that doesn't know uh, what he's doing while wearing a purple belt. It just seemed, well, it was, just seemed very disappointing to me. And I got very disappointed in myself. Like I said, I started getting a little depressed. Um, I started... <sighs> Doubting myself, doubting where I was at um, with with my jujitsu, and I got really, really um, upset about it. So I had to bounce back from that. I saw Rick this morning. We had a nice, nice little talk. Um, we got back on the mats. Um, I worked with a black belt today, and it was a really good day. Like even the work I was doing um, in 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 just the randori. Because uh, we did two five-minute matches today, which is just awesome. Uh, anytime that we can run the clock, it's 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 awesome. I love getting into a full randori. It's so much fun, and it's even more fun now because instead of playing this game that I believe I was always playing, now I'm experimenting. So I mean, I've seen a lot of videos, like we all have, I'm sure bunch of you people out there watch the videos um and i just started experimenting today and there was a few times where i wasn't sure of where i was exactly going but the control over the ankles and then reaching up and moving to the head and and just establishing specific positions today was awesome because even though 
you know, I got tapped a bunch of times and I got, I, I pulled one arm bar. So out of 10 minutes, I got him once and that's good. That's really good. Actually, can, I think when you're going against a black belt and not always are they allowing you to pull the maneuvers off. Most of the time they they'll let you get so far, but they'll, they'll usually never let you tap them. So it was just, it was really nice to be able to pull off the arm bar um, you know, and then kind of finagle my way through some, um, uncharted territory, I guess I would call it because there's just certain things that I don't do cause it, I feel uncomfortable. And, and, and also on that Thursday we were, we were rolling and probably, you know, I'm in the middle of going against somebody else and I was in top position. And this is important because, well, I got in top position and I wasn't comfortable being there. So I pulled guard and I put myself in the bottom and I gave them the top position. And boy, oh boy, did I have to hear about that. I was like, oh no. Um, and, and it's not something I thought of. And even uh, Professor Rick said, um, you obviously feel comfortable in that position. Otherwise, you would not have gone to it. And I think that's a good um, thing to think of every day. Because every day we have stuff going on. I've got a ton of stuff going on. But I do pretty much the same stuff every day. And I, it, it, it's, it's a routine it's, you know, the same day to day, week to week, whatever it is. And, you know, I was doing that in jujitsu. If I felt comfortable on my back or if I felt comfortable here, I would lead the fight that way to where I'm comfortable. Um, but being comfortable doesn't always mean you have the upper hand. And just in, like in life, you can't keep doing the same things over and over again just because you're comfortable. Because once you get into that comfort zone, you lose yourself. You got to get out of that comfort zone to find yourself. Um, so it was just, it was, it was a great learning experience. It really pushed me to learn that move properly and then execute it and put it into the memory banks in case it ever came up again. And it also showed the, the, the last remark where I pulled guard showed me that I need to get out of the comfort zone. And even though I'm doing jujitsu and it's not exactly a comfort zone, but you can get comfortable with your game and you have to get out of that too. You can't that, that, the comfort zone is the comfort zone for a reason because everything's easy. It's comfy. It's cushy there. You know what I mean? It's, it's not rough and aggressive and disrupting and making you think it's keeping you right where you are. So really taught me a lot. I might've gotten depressed and upset and all kinds of other emotions uh, going on inside. But um, at the end of the day, I feel better because that happened. Um, and I just kind of wanted to talk about it because um, everything that 
I, I, I do now. Everything I do is uh, coming out of um, this place of getting out of my comfort zone. And I'm always talking about that and talking about doing new things and, um, and just getting yourself out there and getting out of this comfort zone. And here I am. I'm doing it. I'm I'm in the comfort zone and I didn't even realize it. It took my teacher pointing it out to me and saying, "Hey, I can see that you're comfortable playing this game, but I'm telling you right now, you just set yourself back." So that's not a good game to be playing. And I was like, "Wow. Wow, I did I did not I did not think of that. Um that's not how I was seeing it. I just thought I would have the upper hand if I Kept doing what I was doing, and sure enough, that is not what I want to be doing. So I was setting myself back by getting comfortable. So I need to move on from that and uh, learn from it, and that's exactly what I did. And I think um, it's a great lesson for anybody else out there who's in their comfort zone right now. You need to get out of it because it's only going to hold you back in the long run. It's not going to help you progress and learn and get better. Um, and you know, and I, I, progressing, learning, getting better, all of this is so important to grow, right? And we're growing all the time, uh, learning new things every day. At least you should be. Um, that's how, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, learning something every day is just important. I think I love learning something new that I didn't know. And it happens all the time. And another, and, and, I bring a lot of this stuff up too because I feel like my podcast has kind of left where it started. Um, you know, when it first started, I was talking a lot about my alcoholism. Uh, I was talking a lot about temptations. I was talking a lot about, um, you know, uh, staying away from it. Um, and I mean, it hasn't been that long. I think the podcast is about 10 months when this episode comes out. Um, but a lot has changed in the last 10 months. I've, I've gotten more confident. I feel better about myself. Um, I'm excited uh, about a lot of things that I'm doing right now. And I kind of feel like the podcast or maybe to you as an audience um, feel that it's kind of left where it was. And I've noticed that this is because I'm not where I was anymore. Um, when I first started this, I was in a position where, you know, I had just lost my job. Um, I wasn't sure when we were going to get it back. Uh, the pandemic was at the point where we all thought we were going to die. Um, so there was a lot going on and I was very tempted to drink. And even though I was three years sober, three and a half years sober when I made this podcast, um, it's still all of those feelings were there because I was unsure of the future. And now as time has gone on, the vaccines arrived. Uh, we can kind of see a light at the end of this tunnel. Not sure if it's going to be exactly when they say. I feel like uh, building us up to false hope is not a good thing. But they're all very hopeful that this is going to be pretty much said and done uh well according to like 
companies like Comcast and stuff, I'm assuming that they're all on the same page. You know, they um, so sometime August, uh, Sununu says sometime June, July, start opening, having concerts, um, stuff like that. I heard in class today uh, we were talking about it, and well, things have really changed for me. I don't. I'm getting closer. Uh, I'm getting closer to that four and a half year mark. I still got like four months left. September of this year will be five years, and I am five years separated, almost almost five years separated from alcohol now. And I have I don't have the same temptations anymore. And I feel like that's why my podcast is kind of. You know, I called it talking with Topher because I just wanted to talk about what was going on in my life. I wanted to leave it open to be able to talk to other people about stuff and have this uh, great place to have conversations of all kinds, not just addiction and um, um, struggling and not just that, that and more. Um, and, but my focus was on keeping myself sober and this helped me tremendously, but now I'm just kind of talking about everything because I don't feel this way anymore. I don't have, there's no drive in my brain anymore telling me that I need a drink. I mean, there's alcohol in my house. I don't touch a drop of it. I don't even, it doesn't even phase me and I know it's there. Also, I mean, if I really wanted to, I, I have that nip that I've been, I'm still hanging on to it. I'm just not going anywhere. You know what I mean? That, that thing's going to be with me all the way up until the end. I'm going to, that, that little thing will stay right there to let me know that I don't have to go anywhere to get it. I can do it right here at home. Um, but so, and then when I go to the store, I buy my wife alcohol and when I go, uh, you know, out for the holidays. And I do talk about the temptations and the struggles with it because I've had them. Um, I've had them a lot over the course of my years. But I've, I just felt like everything was kind of tailspinning because I'm not sticking to what I felt I was supposed to be sticking to. Um, and... I don't know if that's true either. I mean, this podcast is supposed to be just a place for me to get my thoughts out, right? Um, and hopefully uh, help other people in this in in the process. So I don't want to lose that focus. I still feel like that is important. Um, but I wanted everybody out there to understand that. Yeah, I still got stories. I could still do some stories. I haven't been doing those lately. Um, a lot of people have said that the stories are really, um, you know, poorly told, but they're good stories, which is fine. I think, you know, I think that's a good rating because <laughs> I can't lie to them. They're definitely poorly told. Even this story is poorly told, but... Um, they said they were good stories, and uh, they were so, that, that's something that they could work with. You know, my friend Tyler likes to listen to my stories because even though his road didn't get as dark as mine, he's like, "Wow, I'm glad it didn't get there." You know, so everybody's using it um, however it works for them, and that's that's fantastic. That's what this was all about. 
um, I was hoping that it wasn't just to help myself and that I could be helping other people out there. But I just feel like I've lost my way a little bit and I wanted everybody to know it's just because I don't have those burning desires for alcohol anymore. We, me and Tyler were talking about it on Friday and as of like right now, I, I don't even miss it. Like even if I was to go out to a bar and listen to music um, or go to a restaurant where they're serving drinks all over the place, like it is literally the last thing on my mind. So if they're like, oh, are you going to order a drink? I'd be like, yeah, sure, give me water. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not sitting there sweating and going, oh, my God, I'm, oh, I, can't, I can't be around this. I used to be like that, and I used to be – a person that couldn't even smell it. Um, I mean, my wife used to drink around me and I would get angry. I would just get angry at her. And I just wouldn't show any emotion. I wouldn't do anything. And I wasn't angry with her. I was jealous of her. That was all jealousy. Because I couldn't drink and you are. And God damn it, why are you drinking in front of me? And I would get angry at that. And then I would throw an attitude and say, why are you doing this? And blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like almost try to hold her accountable for my problem. And, and that's not the way to do things in life. Um, I've learned that there's a lot of ways you should not be doing things to either encourage or... Um, you know, try and get people not to do something like you, you just got to put it out there in a nice, calm manner and discuss it. And if it doesn't go your way, then you have to accept that the person's just going to do what they're going to do. And that has made life a lot easier for me. And, and this goes for people that you love, too. You can't force them into doing something. All you're going to do is destroy the relationship, whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, a, hu a husband. It doesn't matter. If you are trying to consistently push the person in one direction, you are eventually going to have problems. Because if the person is always resisting, then it just turns into a fight over and over again. And I've been told... A million times, well, that's love. You're just loving the person. You're caring about the person, and you're trying to help them. Fine. Yeah, I get that. But if they don't want the help, then, then what are you doing? Right? You're just nagging them. You're um, maybe not in a sense, but you, you, you could be coming off as if you're putting them down. Um, and that uh, makes them put up their defenses. So by being loving and caring and helping, um, you could be uh, belittling, um, um, uh, I don't know, like disciplining, um, trying to enforce, um, and not giving them the choice to... Uh, make those decisions on their own. And it, that's not going to get you very far. So you, you can't do that. And I've learned this even in, throughout my own marriage um, of 11 years. 
Yeah, this March will be 11 years. And sometimes you just got to throw in the towel. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I've, I've said this a bunch of times. No one ever wants to listen. And I feel you're not throwing in the towel and giving up. But is what you want so important that you're willing to destroy the relationship to the point where neither one of you like each other anymore because instead of growing together one person grows and then they see better things happening in their life so they push it on to the other one the other one wants nothing to do with it they don't have the same drive and now it becomes this fight just this fight i'm not doing this stop pushing me you make me feel insecure about myself, this, that, and the other thing. And it just turns into this toxic um, environment. And I feel by doing, I used to do this. I used to do this all the time. And then I pulled the plug on it. And I've gotten a lot better at not enforcing my thoughts. Um, I have been able to prove my points. From time to time, shed a little light on the fact that uh, what I was doing was correct. Um, but you can't keep pushing and pushing and pushing. It's just going to ruin everything you've worked so hard to build. And the other person will end up not liking you, being angry, resentful, and then you have a failed marriage or a failed relationship because you cared maybe too much. And it's okay to care and it's okay to get frustrated and it's okay to get upset at the other person that's not willing to put in the work that you feel is necessary to get the job done. And that it, it, it's okay. You can still feel that way. But you don't have to blow up on them. You don't have to um, belittle them. And you don't have to threaten them. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying like threatening with murder. But it's like a lot of people in relationships will always be like, well, if you don't do this, then I'm leaving. You, you can't go down any of those roads. So I learned a long time ago to let go. I had to let go. As much as you care about the person, and as much as you want that person to be by your side always, and all you're doing is caring about health and their longevity, they're not seeing it that way. And that's okay. That's what I've learned. It is okay. I used to, in the past, let it deter me. Now, I don't let it deter me anymore. I do what I need to do. And I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. And I'm only going to make suggestions. And I'll invite, join me. You know what I mean? And if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. And I'm not going to love the person any less. 
And you shouldn't either. This goes for everybody out there in relationships and marriages. If you are the person enforcing specific things, take a step back and see what that's doing to your relationship. You know, um, it may not be very good. Um, and, 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 and it took me a while to figure this out, you know, when I started to see, uh, closed off communication, uh, less, less, uh, less interaction, um, just all kinds of less. You start to see the person pull away. Uh, they're going to bed before you. They're not saying goodnight. They're not telling you how their day was. All of this is indications that the relationship is dwindling and the friendship is breaking. Um, from my perspective, this is what I see. And I was like, oh, God, why is this happening? So I would have to confront and figure out and be like, what is going on? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not talking? Why are we having these problems? And it turned out because I kept pushing. And I felt I was making it uncomfortable. And when you do that to somebody... It doesn't always have a positive reaction. So keep these things in mind um, always, um, even with your loved ones. It's not always going to be a helpful thing, and we need to we need to help each other grow. Um, you need to help the person in your life that you care about the most. You want them to better yourselves better themselves but you don't want to lose the relationship and you don't want to cause them any uh discomfort at the same time so it doesn't always work um you know so i feel like the inviting more uh respectable way to do it is to offer it up to basically hand them the ball and then see how it comes back at you um, sometimes you get surprised and sometimes you don't natural boss nh.com. That's N A T U R A L B O S S N H.com. You got to go to this website and get one of my favorite hand sanitizers. I use this after every store I go into every gas station. I stop at, I always wash my hands with natural boss hand sanitizer it's amazing it smells great doesn't leave your hands feeling sticky there's no added chemicals everything's organic and it just destroys the competition um, they've also come out with some wonderful valentine's gift sets that's right are you looking for a gift set for that loved one this valentine's day well i've got the place to get yours and they have got four of them to choose from I love this. They're going to do a personal message. They're going to do some gift wrapping. You're going to get two chocolate truffles and one strawberry truffle. All right. And then each kit, kit is broken down. So you have a Be Mine that has two lip balms, one of each blend, and a hand sanitizer. Then you've got the Man of My Dreams. Includes two beard oils, one of each blend. And then you've got I Love You So. Includes one 
uh, foot and body soak. And then you've got the XOXO, which includes the herbal salve. So you can get one of these wonderful uh, Valentine's gift sets for that special someone in your life. Or you can get any one of these five amazing products made right here in New England. So go to naturalbossnh.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. And get your loved one a product they won't forget. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings. This vape shop has got everything and it's not just because I run it and work there myself. It is because we specialize in nothing but vape. So we are there to answer all your questions. We're there to guide you in the right direction to get off of cigarettes. And we're always there to help out any way we can. Um, if you are looking for new batteries, that's right. I said batteries for your 510 cartridges. This brand new V-Mod 2. That's right. I don't know if you remember the V-Mod, but it was amazing. They just brought it back. V-Mod 2 510 cartridge battery in stock at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. Um, you can't forget about our Escobars. These disposables are amazing. I told you last week, they're 25 bucks, 2,500 puffs. They have a 1,000-mile battery with a mesh coil inside. The vapor production and the life of these is incredible. And then, of course, if you're just looking to maybe upgrade from a box mod or maybe uh, upgrade from disposables and you want to get yourself something you can fill your yourself well then we have the brand new rpm2 i've also got the nord x these are my personal devices we've carry over 40 devices to choose from rpm80 the smock alike the nord 4 just came out with adjustable airflow so we have got many of these devices to choose from um pick out any of those uh today at new hampshire vape gallery located at 180 lafayette road in seabrook new hampshire down the street from home depot and next to smoke rings we're open seven days a week from 10:30 to 8 p.m you can always come in our store provided you wear a mask and feel free to give us a call 603-814-4171 i look forward to seeing you there and now back to talking with tilper um see what else happened this week that was probably the worst part of my week um oh uh <laughs> this was funny um yeah so last episode uh, I was talking about a customer that came in who um, fell off of the nicotine wagon I personally treat nicotine like caffeine uh, I'm just gonna have it until I die it doesn't matter it's in and out of your system in a couple hours it's no big deal yes it's highly addictive I don't recommend it for the person that's never had nicotine stay the frick away from it if you can or don't get into vaping or cigarettes or any of that. Just do like uh, they got the the thing, the pouches you put in your lip. Um, they got all kinds of shit out there now. They got toothpicks. They got gum. They got lozenges. So if you really want to get into nicotine, stay away from the vaping and the cigarettes. Especially if you've never done it in your life. I think you're an absolute moron for getting started. 
because um, there's just so many different ways to get it now. And I feel like vaping is a great way to get off of cigarettes, but it's turned into too much of a popular thing. So now people are just doing it to be popular. Um, but if you've never smoked cigarettes before and you're vaping, I just think that's that's so stupid. It's just so stupid. Uh, get lozenges, get pouches, get toothpicks, get something else. I mean, there's so many better ways to get nicotine into your system. I'm just addicted to the physical habit of putting something in my mouth because I've smoked since I was fucking nine years old. So when you've been smoking that long, that that hand-to-mouth movement is natural, and it's just always in me, and it's been the hardest thing for me to break. Um, but I really enjoy vaping and it's a lot less dangerous than smoking cigarettes. So I feel a lot better about it, but do I need to give up that too? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I need to be moving on to some pouches or some lozenges or some toothpicks and doing something better. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh no. Oh yeah. Last episode. That's right. Nicotine is going to be one of the hardest drugs to quit cold turkey i don't care what anybody says i've tried cold turkey a hundred times it finally worked for me um because of vaping because i could do what i was used to and get um and still get my nicotine still get all of that and i was still feeling like i was smoking so that made it easier for me but i've tried cold turkey three four times and they all failed um so i always recommend uh staying on nicotine and weaning yourself off of the nicotine. Um, it's not going to kill you like alcohol can when you just stop taking it if you are highly addicted. Um, but it's going to be hard. You're going to get angry. You're going to get sweats. You won't be able to sleep. It, it causes all kinds of issues. Um, so, um, But I had talked about what would happen if I fell off the wagon. And this was all hypothetical. Just to let everybody know, um, I didn't have a drink. Um, I wasn't trying to make it sound like I did. I was just, hypothetically, would I be that upset with myself? You know, would I be so upset that I would get depressed and fall deeper into the hole? Or would I have that drink, realize I fucked up, and then stop immediately? And... Um, I don't know if I actually got to that question. I feel like I was trying to get to that question and I never did. I also feel like I would, I'm in a position today where I don't think about alcohol a lot anymore. So if I was to have a drink, it is possible that I could stop. I'm not going to test that. Um, I think it was Dr. Carl something on Rogan. Um, he was also on a documentary on Netflix. I just watched last night, which is called cracked or crack crack. Um, yeah, that was, that was wild. Wow. Crack cocaine came in like a fucking virus and annihilated everything it touched and destroyed so much. Um, and it was just crazy to watch, but that doctor guy was on there and, um, you know, I have to say, when I listened to him on Rogan, I agreed with so much that he said. I was on the fence a little bit about the heroin thing. And the only reason because of that, uh, being on the fence, meaning um, 
obviously if you're buying it where he's buying it, where it's pure and natural and not dirty, um, then that's a great way to do it, obviously. The stuff that is out on the streets today, um, the way he was talking about it, I would not be putting his word to test with the shit you can just buy on the streets um, here in America. Um, and, and if you didn't check it out, it was, it was really good. But the one thing that bothered the, the real, the biggest problem I had was when he said that alcohol was basically in the mind because he had no problem doing it and getting rid of it. Um, he doesn't see an issue with it. So therefore, um, it was like made up and I, I'm, 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 I'm chopping the shit out of this. I'm not saying this right. I'm pretty sure if somebody was to go and check the clip, it would be worded completely different. That guy is super intelligent. Um, that's why he's a doctor. I am not. What I'm saying is, is being an alcoholic. Yeah, there is a point in time now in my life, years separated from alcohol, that I can feel comfortable being around it. Um, I don't have the thoughts of ingesting it, and I am a stronger person because of that today. But my brain is still my brain, and I'm pretty sure once that liquor hits my lips, all that stuff that's sleeping right now is going to wake right back up and we will be back to square one in next to no time. And I will say that every time that I have quit drinking and started drinking again, it doesn't happen um, overnight. It can go on for weeks or months. And that's why I would always get back on. I would always go back to alcohol because I was like, oh, I can do this now. See? I can drink like you. And then it would always work out for the first couple weeks. I could maintain it real easily. I could have that one glass of wine. I, 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 I could have that one beer. And it never stayed there. But I also thought, hey, if I don't drink hard alcohol, I'll be okay. So there was a time where I started drinking again, but I started on wine. And all of a sudden, I'm drinking wine. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I get a 750 bottle, a 750 milliliter bottle. And that would last me two nights. Well, by the end of the month, I was drinking a 1.5 liter bottle by myself. And then I'd have to buy one for my wife, too. So we were drinking two of those in one night and sometimes more. And then it increased from there. Then it went and it always goes right back to where I left off, which is with hard alcohol. I'll always, even, even when I was in my wine days and I loved wine, 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 I'd still wind up in that liquor store purchasing hard shit. And then I would level it off with wine at the end of the night so that I didn't just continuously drink hard shit so that I wouldn't black out. So I maintained my blackouts 
by by maintaining my drinking, I limited my blackouts. Sorry. And this is just the brain of an addict. You are constantly trying to figure out ways to do what you want and manipulating everything and everybody around you into thinking you can. So even though I I agreed with a, a like oh so much that he said on that podcast when he said it was made up not real and I just don't believe that because I live it. If I didn't live it, I'd probably believe him. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's made up. That's stupid. But I literally live it. And it made me so upset because I have a friend out there that says the same stupid shit to me. And I just don't understand this mindset. I think an addict is an addict. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't matter if it's sex addiction, alcoholism, heroin. It doesn't... It, yeah, sure. They're all going to have their different side effects coming off of them. Oh, I believe alcohol is like one of the only ones. Oh, no, no. Benzos. Benzos and alcohol will kill you coming straight off of them. So don't do that. Um, you got to be careful. If you're highly, highly addicted, like you start shivering, shaking when you can't have a drink, that's when you don't want to stop. You need to... Um, actually have it in your system you have to wean off of it and allow the body to let go because if not the body goes into shock and you die and it's it's very sad to see that happen Um, I'm very glad that I never got to that point I never had shakes I never had shivers um, which is just a blessing I think because the amount of alcohol and the amount of stuff that I've ingested into my system you think my body would have shut down years ago So it bothers me. I live with this and I don't find it to be true. I think you just got to keep working on it. And eventually, I believe we all get to this point where it's not a big deal anymore. But to get here is a lot of work. And... A lot of time, a lot of fucking up, a lot of relationships destroyed. But it feels good to be here now. And if you're out there, you're new into it, um, you know, like when uh, Tyler first uh, gave up alcohol, um, he... he, uh, He was in a different spot. I mean, he didn't really have too many issues with it. There was a lot of social stuff that he had, I believe. And I'm going to, I'm not trying to speak for him, but I'm going to a little bit. Um, But I'll let him speak on it if he ever wants to. But I think he had more problems with the social part of drinking because where he does music um, and he does, he was doing bar gigs um, and stuff before uh, COVID, um, you know, it was different scene for him, and it took away from some of the social aspect 
of everything going on when he wasn't drinking and doing gigs. Um, but I don't think he fell into the same mindset as myself where I absolutely just dreamed about it. It was a, on my mind 24-7. When am I getting the next one? When's it coming? When do I get off? You know, I, was, I would base my drinks off of my break times. I keep nips in my cars for lunch. It's just stupid shit like that. And I don't think that goes away. Maybe it will. Maybe it does fade over time. But I don't think I've had enough time to say that it's forgotten. I just, I know it's suppressed right now. And I don't have the issue of it uh, as much anymore. But this is why I feel that the podcast um, slipped a little bit. Because I don't have the same issues I was having with my drinking. It's actually gotten a lot easier. Um, and now that I've gotten more accepting of the fact that um, it's just something that I can't do. You know, I've finally accepted that I will never be that person that can have one drink. So... I made a deal with myself. If I can ever get to the age of 65, and at that time, if I have accomplished enough in my life where it's pretty good, right? So that'll be 24 years from now. So I will be almost 30 years sober by then from alcohol, mind you. Um, I figured at that point in time, if I wanted to have a drink again, I could. So I put that in the mind. I let that simmer. And uh, that's just where I'm at. Uh, I wanted, you know, I want this to be a place where people can feel comfortable to talk about their stories of alcoholism and struggling and the fight and the picking themselves up and the falling down. I mean, I don't want to fall down, but I will tell you this much. If I ever do fall down, I will be right here talking about it. I will not hide that fact. Um, but that fact does not exist. It's not um, something that's happening in my life. I am making sure it doesn't. Um, because right now, I am working on myself for the third time. Um, and they always say the third time's a charm. And... Sweet Jesus, I hope so, because I don't want to do this a fourth time. So I figure if this is my if this is my golden ticket right here, um, then I got till I'm 65 to get this all figured out, and uh, hopefully by then I've gotten it all figured out. Whether I'm, you know, I'm just hoping to figure it all out by the time I'm 65, and then maybe um, I'll sit down and have some like 30 year old scotch or whiskey. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make it special if I'm going to jump back on board, but it's going to be at my own, uh, demeanor. It's not going to be because my brain told me I had to, because right now my brain tells me you have too much going on and that just gets in your way. And I, I like the way that that is now, but that, like I said, it took four and a half years to get here. This was not easy. Um, and I don't want to. I want to make sure that that's very clear, that this was not easy, it is not something that happens overnight, and you're going to have to put some work in, but if it's what you really want, you can do it. Any of us can. I really do believe that. 
Whatever you want to do, you put your mind to it, you can get it done. But it's not going to get done overnight, and it's not going to take little effort. It's going to be a lot of effort, a lot of work, and a lot of time. So make sure if it's what you want, you're willing to invest all of that into it. Um, but that was it. That was the whole kit and caboodle, the whole show this week. Um, I am planning on putting together some more drunk stories. Um, thinking about that for next week. I'm also thinking about uh, maybe some uh, some arrest stories. It might just be a story week next week. I'm not sure. It depends on what happens this week. That's usually what I base everything off of. I take uh, whatever I've been doing all week and I just got to talk about it. However I'm feeling, whatever happens, and everything changes after I record this. It's amazing, you know? So I hope you all enjoyed uh, the podcast today. Um, it feels really good to get that out and talk about it. And uh, that's it. That's, that's the episode. That's it. Um, so if you... If you have a story or know somebody who has a story that needs to be heard, send it to the podcast, the official email of the podcast, uh, talkingwithtofer at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. And uh, send those over. Make sure you, in the subject line, you put what you want to talk about. Um, and then just let me know somewhere throughout the read if you want the shout out or not. Okay. Um, now we got, uh, you can follow me on social media. Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Snapchat, go to any one of those platforms or all of them, hit the follow button. You can DM me, but I don't get notifications on that stuff. So it takes a little bit longer to go through those. Um, but it is also another way to hit me up. Um, and of course, don't forget to subscribe. That's right. Don't forget to subscribe. Set those alarms so that you know as soon as the new podcast is uploaded. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoy the videos and spread this thing around. I'm still trying to get to 100 subscribers. And as soon as I do, I'm, I'm going to tell one of my most exciting stories. Actually, my most exciting story. Um, but I need your help to do that. And um, as we get closer to 100, I don't want to go back on my word. Um, so... I have thought about it, and um, I'm going to stick to it. 100 subscribers, you will get my 2007 story. Um, so help me spread this thing, make it bigger. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of you for subscribing, watching, and viewing. Uh, keep those likes coming. Keep those comments coming. And as always, I hope everybody has a great day, great rest of your week. And enjoy the weekend, and I'll talk to you later.